Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Marketing Made Easy show. I'm Dawn Fabrigi, your host, and in this episode, our guest is Destiny Kopp. Destiny was a marketing professor, a marketing student, and a corporate marketer before eventually starting her own marketing consulting firm, and she learned for the first time how hard marketing and early stage business can really be. In this episode, she's gonna talk to us about what she did to drive traffic to her website and convert that traffic. Really, really great strategies in here. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Marketing Made Easy by Jotful. I'm Don Verbriggy, Jotful's CEO, two-time entrepreneur, former business school professor, and your host. I'm here to have practical and fun conversations with people who know a thing or two or three about how to get more customers for your business. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I'll give you some data points there just to kind of put it in perspective for you. Mm -hmm. So I worked in corporate marketing at that point in time. I think it was, I think they were in a Fortune 100 company. I had an $800 million revenue kind of target that we met every year. So it was a big deal, right? It was a machine, right? It was, (laughs) it really, it really was. So, but You know, in those type of environments, you have big revenue numbers, but you also have big marketing budgets, right? Yes. And you have a huge team who's also Mm -hmm. helping you and you have outside agencies who are helping you. And it it is just so much different. Um, You know, after corporate marketing, I went to teach at the you know, university level, did a lot of different jobs there, all the way from adjunct faculty member, assistant dean, and then associate vice chancellor of academic affairs. You know, mm-hmm. at one point I had a thousand remote employees working for me. So I had a lot of, mm-hmm. it was a bit, it was a big organization again. But, you know, as I mentioned to you, when we were chatting earlier is nothing, <laughs> nothing challenged me as much as launching my own online business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know, even though I had a background in marketing, even though I have extremely strong background in what you would say leadership and HR type stuff, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it was just different. So if, if there's any entrepreneurs out there that they're saying, oh my goodness, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Yeah. You are not alone. Cause if anybody should have been prepared for this, it would have been me. Yeah. Well, well, Destiny, I think to your point, it's actually not just about the budget that you have mm-hmm. or the number of people you have on your staff, but it's about the fact that when you join a large corporation in a marketing leadership role, they already have a growth engine in place. They yes. already know where their customers are coming from. But when you're starting a new business or you're an early stage business, that is actually the hardest part is figuring out how to get that distribution. How are you going to get those customers beyond the sort of willy-nilly word of mouth and, you know, networking that you can do, but how are you going to create a reliable, predictable machine to grow your business? Would you agree that that's actually much harder? It is much, much harder. And I ha- I completely underestimated what it mm. would take to get that up and running and all mm. the, the testing and, you know, trying different strategies and messaging and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm, I'm in marketing, so I understand all of that, but it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it was a different animal and I'm, yeah. you know, as, as we all are, I'm still learning and tweaking and testing in it. You know, you, you're going to continue to do that. So it's not like you're going to wake up one day and think, you know, or I got this, you know, everything's working perfectly. It's just not like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you can just take a sack of money and apply it to 
some particular tactic and have it work for your business automatically, right? That testing, Mm -hmm. the constant iteration is what you absolutely have to do to figure out where you should double down with your cash anyway. Absolutely. So looking at the data, digging into the numbers and I'm, you know, I'm not an extremely, I'm more big picture strategic type person, but Mm -hmm. um, you really do have to dig into the numbers to really understand, you know, what, what is working, what's not working and where, where you're going to, where you should place your money, right? Because there may be different things that are working, but what's working the best because, you know, in this, you know, online entrepreneurship, I don't have, you know, a few million dollar marketing budget like I used to have. So I really have to be careful about how I spend my money and and time, quite frankly, too. And so you made a decision to really focus on your funnel. So for everybody listening today, can you talk a little bit about what the funnel is, what it means for your business, and also a little bit about the concept of an automated funnel? Yes. So I will, I will kind of break it down just to make sure that everybody understands what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So when somebody finds my business, whether they find or find me, whether they find me through social media or they come to my website, I have what you call a league magnet on my website. Mm -hmm. Now, the main league magnet that I have today is a mini course. There's a lot of different league magnets that you can have. Some people have like free training or some type of PDF for checklist or video training or what have you, but mine is a mini course. So they're finding me, they come to my website, they sign up for the mini course. And then throughout the mini course, right, they get access to it immediately. But throughout Mm -hmm. the mini course, I'm promoting one of my main offers, which is a a membership. Um, And also, in addition to that, I have an automated email sequence. So that's done through my email service provider. I personally use ConvertKit, but -hmm. there's a lot of them out there like MailChimp, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of and there's tons Mm -hmm. of them, Um, but I use ConvertKit. So when they sign up for that mini course, they're loaded into my email service provider and I have a sequence that goes out. I want to say it's like a 10 day sequence. I'm not sending them an email every single day, but I am sending them quite a few emails throughout that time period, just to allow them to get to know me. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. walking them through their journey, kind of teaching them a little bit more about the content that's in the course. And that, you know, throughout that process, and also in the course, I'm also letting them know, you know, hey, I do have this membership to sell. So all of these sales funnels that I have set up on my business are what we call automated or evergreen, meaning I set it up once mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, and then I just need to monitor it and look at the data and going back to and figure out what See I see what's to. working and yes. what's not. Are, are people, for example, are people coming to your website, but then not interested in your offer? If they're not, then you switch it out with a different offer. Are people interested in your offer? Maybe they're taking your mini course, but then for some reason you're sending them these automated emails and they're not converting on those automated emails. Like you're looking at each one of those conversion rates, aren't you? Yes. So you would need to go into your email service provider. And I think a lot of them do that. It'll tell you if people are actually opening up that email, if they're clicking through, are they clicking on your links and you can tag them. In a lot of cases, they are they actually going to the sales page for whatever you're trying to sell them, whether it's a service or a digital product. And, you know, that, that will tell you is what you have, whether it's the subject line or the content in the email, is that actually working? Yeah. So, so Destiny, I'm going to be willing to guess here that when you were at a much larger company, you had access to a lot more data. You just had a lot more people visiting your website than you have today, right? With your much smaller company. 
When do you feel like you have enough data to know whether or not something is working? Do you feel like it's a little bit more by gut than it used to be? That's a good question. And and I think to some extent, yes, but I think the data will also tell you what's working and what's mm-hmm. not working. A lot of people, when they come to me, they're, they're like, well, my, my, you know, this X, Y, Z is not selling. Well, then mm-hmm. I'm, we kind of, I always tell them to take a step back and ask them, well, how many people actually opted in to your lead magnet? If only 10 people opted in, you have a traffic strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean that what you've set up isn't working. Mm-hmm. It means that you need to get more eyeballs on your offer. So I think it just really, really just depends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really smart. Um, When you have a funnel, you just have multiple steps, right? So you are driving people from one step to the the next. And it could be that just one step in the funnel is broken. And that's what you need to work on repairing. It doesn't mean the whole funnel should be thrown away, right? You might be able to drive traffic to your website, but maybe you're not able to convert it when they get to your website. Um, the problem is probably about your website, not about where you're driving the traffic from. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could be a lot of different things, right? What if your offer, like what if people are coming to my website, but they weren't signing up for my mini course? That would mm-hmm. tell me, that would tell me something, right? That yep. would tell me that I need to switch that out, that that's just not really resonating for them. But let's just say they're coming to my website, they're signing up for my offer, but then they're not signing up for whatever I'm promoting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a different thing. Maybe it's my sales page, or maybe at some point in the funnel, that's not working quite right. So Destiny, were you able to do all of this yourself or did you have somebody help you with setting all of this up? So, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I did a lot of learning and taking online courses and really digging into online marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some of the tech stuff I may have pulled in help here and there, yeah. um, but you know, a, a majority of the email service provider, you know, the convert kit, I kind of learned some of that on my own. It's really simple to kind of figure figure some of that out. Um, but I, th- I really think it depends on the the business owner and how kind of hands-on they want to be mm-hmm. in that kind of stuff. So maybe they're mm-hmm. out there, you know, running an e-commerce site or th- their skill set is somewhere else. Then I would say that is something that you should outsource. Like what you do, yeah. Don, with your company, a lot of mm-hmm. people don't want to know how to, you know, go in and build a website. And, and that's just not their, their skill set. In that mm-hmm. case, I would say that is something you need to outsource. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that also with, for example, copywriting, you Mm -hmm. might as the business owner have the best insight into who your audience is and what the strategy for a particular piece should be, whether it's what text goes on your website or what text goes into your emails, but you might not be a great copywriter, right? You might just want to bring somebody in as an outside resource just to write those emails for you. And I will say I'm not a great copywriter myself. So Uh there's one area that I have looked at outsourcing and probably will continue to do is is definitely copywriting. I think it takes a special talent. I agree. I agree. It's like design. (laughs) Um, It just takes a special talent. I agree. So talk to us a little bit about then the top of your funnel. So now we understand that a funnel is basically a process that your audience or your prospective customers go through Mm -hmm. in order to begin to know, like, and trust you, and then ultimately purchase whatever it is that, whatever it is that you're selling. 
how do you get people into the top of that funnel in the first place? I think that's what a lot of business owners yeah. really struggle with is how do they get that awareness and attention in the first place? What are I some think, things you tried? I think everybody struggles with this. And yes. I will say that um, I have tried a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> some of the things I think work better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the areas that I started focusing on immediately in my business was content marketing and SEO yes. and blogging. And that mm-hmm. I, I can't even tell you how powerful that has been in my business. Because a lot of people, when they're coming into my business now, I ask them how they found me. And they're like, I did a Google search. Search, right. So that's like uh-huh. the whole deal, right? You want somebody coming in through a Google search to find you. But I built a lot of those building blocks several years ago. Yeah. And I found that blogging is one of the best ways to drive that traffic to your website. And I would definitely yeah. recommend that. I also use Pinterest to kind of help with that too. Oh, so between Pinterest and blogging has helped mm-hmm. me, um, helped me tremendously. Yeah. Um, I, do I, think, I think Pinterest is one of those sneaky, effective channels. I've definitely seen some businesses be really effective on Pinterest. I think a lot of it just depends on whether or not your audience is on Pinterest, but if they are, it's a great way to reach them. It's so visual. Yeah. I, you know, I could see why it would work better for some businesses than mm-hmm. others, for sure. Um, I, I would definitely test it out, um, depending, you know, if your audience is there, which they do have a, a big audience on Pinterest, mm-hmm. uh, especially of women. So I yep. would definitely test it out and see if that would work for folks. Yeah. We'll hear more from our guest right after this brief break. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a business owner. And if you're a business owner in need of a new website, but you really don't want to build it yourself, check out Jotful. Jotful will build you a professional website that both looks great and includes all the marketing best practices. So we'll actually get the job done for your business. And it's affordable. In fact, it's only about 10% of what you typically expect to pay an agency or designer. Even better, you can give it a try today for free. At Jotful, we'll make you a free sample website so you can see if it's a good fit for your business before you ever even sign up. Visit us at Jotful.com to request a free sample website for your business. That's J-O-T-T-F-U-L.com. And now, back to the show. Yeah, you tried some really interesting things, right? In addition to Pinterest, you tried AppSumo, which shocked me, to be honest. Like, I work in software, and in the software industry, it's very common to launch on AppSumo, but not very common in your industry, which is marketing consulting. So could you tell us what is AppSumo, and how, how on earth did you make that work for your business? So I love AppSumo. I have purchased a lot of products on AppSumo for uh-huh. my business, right? Um, that have helped me uh, get those lifetime li- licenses. So I'm not having to pay every month. But basically, AppSumo does have a marketplace. And in their marketplace, they have some unique products that might not be software based, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go to AppSumo, you think, oh, it's an app. It's going to do something for me. Well, you think but you're going to get discounts on software products if you go to AppSumo. That's exactly what people think. Early stage software companies. Yep. Yes. Yes. So, but I have a course on AppSumo. It's called Course in a Box. And basically wow. it, it walks people through how to create an online course. And 
I, I tested it out. I did it in October of 2020 when they first launched the marketplace. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, if this is going to be worth it. You know, am I going to get, and my, my goal, right, was just to get leads into my business when I first mm-hmm. launched it. But I would say it's also been a great revenue stream for me, which has been absolutely shocking. But what <laughs> I like about AppSumo versus some of the other marketplaces for online courses is they give you the customer. So that customer, even though they pay AppSumo, right? That customer comes into my ecosystem. They come into my online course platform. They're right. on my email list. And I wouldn't have done it otherwise because you, you own the, the customer other. relationship. Yes. I own yes. the customer relationship. You to me and the other, some of the other ones out there, you don't, you don't get any other information. Uh, so that's the reason why I went ahead and went on AppSumo. Um, I do have people, sometimes they sign up, they're like, well, where's my online course platform? Well, you know, even though we tell them it's a course and not an online course platform, sometimes they're confused. So that, you know, sometimes that happens, but um, I would say it's, you know, trying unique things like that for your business, I think Mm -hmm. is something I would recommend for folks. The other thing that I did Mm -hmm. um, was I launched a book on Amazon. So I basically took a lot of the content that I have posted over the years on my Mm -hmm. website website, some of it's on social media and some of it, and I packaged it for a book. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I did was to drive leads into my website inside the book. So for people who purchase the book, they also get access to this free mini course that I, um, Uh it's basically an audio course and I have some Uh additional resources in there. It's an audio course of the book itself and they get free Mm -hmm. access to this course when they bought, you know, when they buy the book. And that's been another kind of lead generator into my business. Here's what's brilliant about it is that amazon.com has an enormous audience. And by writing a book and publishing it, making it available on amazon.com, you're basically exposing yourself to their entire audience and you're driving traffic to your website that way. I think it's really brilliant. It really sort of goes to this idea of find audiences that you can borrow right? You can borrow and reach Amazon's audience. You can borrow and reach Pinterest's audience. You can borrow and reach AppSumo's audience and just drive that traffic back to your website where you then own the relationship and can hopefully convert them into a customer. Bravo. Absolutely. I mean, it, I get leads in almost every day from Mm -hmm. my Amazon book. Amazing. Plus the book sales. Plus the book sales. Well, it, you don't they're get nominal, right? selling a, a book, but yeah, there are there is some revenue that comes in from that too. What do you price it at out of curiosity? I mean, mine is priced at 99 cents right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think my book coach wants me to increase it to 9.99. I probably could, but I'm not really... I didn't, I didn't write the book to make money from it. I did it to get a lead, you know, yes. to make it a lead generator for my business. Yeah, that's that's a it's a whole strategy in and of itself right there. And a lot of people end up pricing at 99 cents specifically for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So you also did a ton in terms of PR stuff, right? Um, in addition to content marketing, podcast guesting, which obviously you're here doing today, Destiny. Yes. So I do a lot of PR stuff, which is like mm-hmm. speaking at virtual summits, podcasting, um, like written type interviews with some of the um 
you know, like Authority Magazine and places like that. Um, so definitely highly recommend PR. I think that's been a huge yeah. driver for my business. But the other thing, and, and this might not be applicable to everybody, but another thing that has really driven my business forward and helped it grow, which is a little bit unique or what I call uh-huh. industry bundles. So oh, I have digital products uh-huh. and um, basically what happens in it. By digital products, just so everybody understands, you mean things like downloadable books, those kinds of e-courses, those kinds of things. Absolutely. So digital products that can be delivered to somebody through their email, or you can load Mm -hmm. it up onto a platform where they could go to this platform, like an online course platform and download it there or watch the video there. So basically Mm -hmm. these industry bundles, what happens is somebody either buys this bundle and it has a bunch of people that have come together Mm-hmm. and bundled their products together. So maybe somebody buys this bundle for $99 and there's 30 courses in it. Oh, wow. Um, and they can go in and they can have access to all those courses. Now, some of those bundles, I've participated in free bundles and in paid bundles, and they both work. So it's a oh, great way to get leads into your business. And you can also earn affiliate revenue too, if you want to mm-hmm. promote it to your audience. I haven't made a ton of money from that doing it, but I've, I've earned, you know, earned some affiliate revenue that way, mm-hmm. but it's been a great lead generator into my business. That's fascinating. You know, basically free. I mean, you're offering yeah. them the course, right. But you're, you're also giving them an opportunity to learn about you and learn how it is to work with you or learn from you. And how do you participate in one of these bundles? Where do you find other people who are willing to bundle with you? Yeah, so basically what I would do, and I have coached some clients to go out and do this. So let's Uh just say you're a wellness coach. Yeah. Um, I would maybe start with a Google search. I would get on the list of some of the industry influencers out there and Mm -hmm. see if they're promoting bundles or maybe find the bundle host. Mm -hmm. Generally, a bundle host, this is something that they do on a regular basis. So they might do it once a year. And there are firms out there that actually do this as as their business. So they do these bundles as their business. Um, InfoStack is one of them that I'm familiar Mm -hmm. with. I know there's some more out there. Um, But, you know, contact them and say, you know, I'm in XYZ industry niche. Are you doing a bundle in this area? If so, I would love to include my, you know, course or product in that. Fascinating. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you regret or what's one thing you would do differently if you could start over at the very beginning as somebody who jumped into this business, not realizing maybe how completely different it was going to be from your previous marketing experience. (laughs) What I would do differently. Um, one, One thing that... I did in the beginning that I don't do anything I don't do anymore is I focused a lot on social media marketing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and posting on social media. And I, I, I think social media is great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great way for people to learn about you and uh, learn more about your business. And you will get some leads, right, from social media. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it can't for people like me who have a very, very small team, I have found that some of the other things I have done in my business have really moved the levers forward mm-hmm. much more than just posting on social media. So yeah. I do post on social media and I do have a regular, you know, presence there, but I don't spend a lot of my time on social media. That's smart. And how much time are you spending on Marketing Destiny? Is it just you doing it or do you have a team? Just so that people listening can get an idea of, you know, how marketing fits in with your overall business. I I do most of it. I do Mm -hmm. have like a VA that works with me that helps me on some of the more technical stuff with um, my podcasting and editing. And I'm hosting a virtual summit in September Mm -hmm. and she's helping me with some of that. But um, it's mostly just it's mostly just me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Destiny, thank you so much for coming. This was really, really valuable for everybody. Really grateful you could be here to share your expertise. Don, thank you so much for having me. I was I enjoyed our conversation today. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this episode of Marketing Made Easy by Jotful, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. That helps other people find out about the podcast so they too can grow their businesses. And hey, while you're there, if you're not yet a subscriber to this podcast, go ahead and click the subscribe button. That way, you'll never miss an episode. We keep the conversation going in Jotful's private Facebook group. And if you're a business owner, you're invited to join us. Just search for Jotful, that's J-O-T-T-F-U-L, on Facebook and apply to join our group. There you can ask questions of the guests and exchange marketing tips with other business owners. From all of us here at Jotful, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'll meet you on the next one.